Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. guys welcome again to the small business surgeon i really appreciate you guys being here uh we are here today with a very special guest man this man is the co-founder of uh, the fitness pro collective and the owner at smart shark uh from dallas texas currently uh my guest today jonathan loudermilk jonathan welcome to the show man thank you so much for joining us how's your day going I'm doing great, Samuel. I appreciate you taking time and invite me on the show. I'm looking forward to jamming out with you today. Yeah, dude, it's been uh, it's been a minute. I know we've been trying to get this uh, on the calendar for for a while. So, um, mm. man, your resume is just so impressive. I sit here and look at it. Uh, you know, you are. It says here, a man on a mission to get elite fit pros paid what they are worth. So you're actually a coach's coach. Is that right? Yep. Dude, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty badass. So. Were you always uh, an entrepreneur, or is this something you've discovered later in life? Tell us a little bit of the backstory of John. Yeah, so it's so it's it's funny you mention that because I do not come from a family that really supports or encourages entrepreneurs <laughs> like at all. Like yeah, like my family's super Catholic. It's you go to college, you get a job, you get married, and then you have kids, and then you wait till you're older till you actually go do the things you want to do in life off retirement. And for me, that just looked like an awful plan to go about life like I don't want to wait till I'm like 60 years old to actually go out there and start enjoying and living life the way that I want to so being the kind of the black sheep is where that kind of piqued my interest to want to go the other direction so I actually tried really really hard man to, to try to do it the uh the the way I'm supposed to like get a job and work your way up the corporate ladder and then you get promotions and you do whatever you have to do for your boss. And I did that for a very long time. Um, I was actually running gyms and fitness clubs for about 10 years um, before I reached a point where I literally was like, I cannot do this anymore. Dude, so many people, so many people hit me with that line. Um, you know, I, I was a subcontractor, but I was in uh, a corporate world. I was working for oil and gas and I just I just finished interviewing another guest that was in uh, corporate uh, cellular uh, phone mm-hmm. sales, and so many people in the entrepreneur world hit that very line that you just yeah. gave me. There's just a switch that goes off, and they say, "You know what? I don't give a fuck about the risks. I'm done." Yeah. And, uh, so the, the the moment that happened for me, man, was I was working for this one particular company here in Dallas, Texas, and you know there was no separation between the CEO and the front line. And it was one of my first experiences where I'm talking directly to the CEO. Normally, there's a bunch of mid-level managers uh-huh. and high level. So it gets filtered down. Yeah. No, I'm getting direct, like one-on-one conversation with the CEO. And the pressure cooker got turned the fuck on, you know, in terms of production <laughs> and results. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I get that. But as I'm grinding, I'm working seven days a week. I'm making, I don't know, 50 grand a year, right? Based on the comp plan. I'm not seeing my wife. I'm physically like getting out of shape because the last thing I want to do is work out because that's all I do is spend at the gym. And I had that moment where I'm like, if I'm going to work this damn hard, why the fuck am I not doing it for myself? I love it. I love it, dude. Like, you know, now what is 50 grand a bad month? 
Yeah, this is this yeah. fifty grand a year doing this. Like, I you know, know, you get your man. salary, you get your bonuses. I'm just like, this is not why I got into sales. This is not the type of I don't want to run any business that requires 10, 12 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of my life. Hell no. One Hell thing to no. do that in the beginning, but if you're looking up and it's Groundhog Day and it's uh -huh. every year's the same thing, you need to rethink your plan and what you're doing and what ladder you're putting up against which wall in your life. Dude, amen. Wow, yes. Like so many of us wake up and we're just living the same day over and over and over. You, you run across a guy with, oh, I got 20 years experience. I'm like, no, you don't. You got one year experience that you've been doing 20 <laughs> right. fucking times, you know? Same thing. Yep. Yes. And yeah. I went through that cycle for about five years and decided wow. enough was enough. And I took the plunge and been riding that wave ever since. And I was about three years ago when I made oh, that decision. Nice, dude. So have you always been like fit and uh, into fitness or have you got like a weight loss journey yourself? How did that come about? Because so I'll it's it's funny, like 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 most young guys um, at the age of 15, I'm dating a girl way out way outside my league at uh -huh. the time. Yeah. And she uh, dropped the subtle hints of you should start working out. So I was like, okay, like, I don't want to lose you because you're super hot and you're way out of my league. So I'll start working out. And through that process, um, I was a really scrawny kid growing yeah. up. So yeah. as I went through that, my goal was to pack on a bunch of muscle. And Ooh. throughout that period yeah. of time, you know, I got really in the, big into bodybuilding for a while. Like I probably mm. added about a total of 50 pounds of lean mass over like wow. three to four years wow. doing that. And, you know, that was a great experience and it taught me my work ethic. And, and what I really enjoyed about it was my mindset shifted. Yeah. Because I realized that, look, if I put the work in in this area, well, then I can do that in the other areas. And that translates into what I do in my work life that translates into relationships. So being able to share that with other people and we're using fitness as the catalyst was the mm -hmm. coolest part of my experience, which was what made me become a personal trainer in the first place. Because that's, that's got to be really, really strange thing to do um, is retaining discipline and retaining motivation whilst being somebody else's coach for, for, for motivation themselves. So, dude, how do you how do you manage to, to stay disciplined? Because I know a lot of guys, we all want to look better. We all want to yeah. lose weight. We all want to work. And everybody knows, dude, a six-pack doesn't count unless you're over 200 pounds. So you've got to put, <laughs> you know, you've, you've got to put muscle on. <laughs> Everybody so, knows that. So, so how so do you for find me, it? Like, I'm, I'll be 36 this year. And when I started, I was 15. Obviously, I'm not the same person I was when I was 15. Like, I started working out because I'm like, hey, I want to keep my girlfriend. And then, you know, we didn't end up working out. So I'm like, I want to be able to get girls. You know, being almost 36 now, it's like, I want to be healthy. Yes. You know, I want yeah. to be able to be around for years to come with my wife. You know, we we're talking about having children. It's these different motivations. And then as you and I were talking about before we got on the show is like, hey, you know, you start getting a little bit of influence. Well, now what kind of example am I setting? Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm going to talk about go get what you're worth, but I'm a fat piece of shit on the other side of the camera. That's not really going to translate well. So I've got to use that as motivation to keep pushing myself to continue to be the best version of myself possible. That's how I the, see it. That, that's you are so right. Um, and what motivates me and what keeps me uh, disciplined and in, in doing the things I do is the fact that there's so many people now looking up to me. And I'm just like, hey, here's how to do it. And then I can't be a, a fat 
bastard and stuff my face with stuff and eat all the yeah. pizza and eat all the cake and and I love pizza and it, it's so it's so uh, it's such a pity. Yeah, most <laughs> most people that work out love food. I love food. Mm. Like I work out so that I don't have to worry about if I want to have that extra thing. I like that. That's part of, and that's part of that lifestyle with it too. So it's like if you work hard, you get to play hard, you know, and have that balance with it. Yeah, I just I gotta I gotta keep going to the gym. That's that's the thing. It's one step at a time. I know uh, personally, I know one guy that is a uh, is a fitness model, and uh, he's an actor now. And uh, it's been uh, thirteen years I've known him, and he goes to the gym four times a week, every week. Doesn't miss a beat, doesn't miss a session. I mean, you know, and anybody can do it, man. But you got to have that discipline. You got to stay consistent mm-hmm. over time. Now, let's talk a little bit about business because you spent all this time in the corporate world, um, and then you've gone from almost almost salesperson as a as a personal trainee, you're, you're accountable for selling stuff, immediately to manager and business owner, dude. How did that transition happen? So the big realization that happened for me when I was running all these clubs, right, was there's two things that were absolutely required for that the clubs that I saw that ended up being successful versus the ones that ended up failing. And number one was leads. Mm-hmm. The clubs that didn't have leads coming in were the ones that were slowly dying. The second thing was leadership, right? I've worked in clubs that weren't supposed to do well, but with the right team and the right culture, you know, it didn't matter how fancy equipment was or what your location was. It was about the experience and, and the relationships you built through that. When you paired those two things together, that was your rocket fuel, no matter right. where you were. Now, the leadership part I learned through trial and error, which by the way, I was not a good leader when I started. <laughs> I was just really good at selling shit. <laughs> so, we, we just call the error an error, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, no, and I'm a, not gonna- There's a fancy new term, dude. There's a fancy new term for it. It's called failing forward. It's, yeah. it's, it's a way to dress up the term fucking up. Pretty much, you know, so over that experience of, you know, four different states and over eight national different companies I work for, you know, you learn to, to figure out what works and what doesn't. Course, but yeah. the one thing that I saw, regardless of all of them, is they were using very archaic methods to generate leads. Like Samuel, I, I shit you not, there were clubs I went to, they're like, okay, guys, here's a bunch of flyers, no. go flyer the Walmart next door. Were they, were they that doing that? Were they yeah. doing the, the, the little fucking box with fill yes. out? Oh my god! <laughs> Write your name on there so you get credit. I'm like, okay, because the person at Walmart is gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna come in and buy training now. Like, and the sad part is, it works to some degree because if you ask enough people anything, someone's gonna say yes. Yeah, but but I'm like, there's gotta be a better way. What percentage of the fucking target market for personal training is shopping at Walmart? Like, come on, man. Yeah, like, that, that, that was the method. And then cold calling people and, and, and blast texting people and just all these ways that like they had the right tools, but they didn't know how to use them. And they're still going back to what's comfortable, which is the things that got them started like 30 years ago in the business. And that's when I discovered this wonderful thing called funnels. <laughs> Changed my life. Permission-based selling. Oh boy! Yeah, and I started I started incorporating these magical things called funnels in the clubs, and sometimes I got permission, and sometimes I had to ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. based on the company I was working at. And I started getting results with it, and started yeah. getting success. And so, as I realized, like, wow, if this big national chain isn't doing this, what's the independent trainer doing? What's the small mom and pop studio doing? 
And then that's what really led me, my obsession with marketing, especially attraction based, yeah. pulling people towards yeah. you and using these magical pieces of technology called funnels to generate unlimited leads. And when you can control the amount of leads you get and you know how to close those sales, that's your path to freedom. That gets you to the next level. Well, let, let me let me back you up a minute here, Jonathan, because yeah, yeah. not everybody that listens to this show um, has read any of Russell Brunson's books. Um, not everybody that listens to this show has come across phone sites or any of the uh, any of the software, ClickFunnels, or any of that kind of stuff. So, um, just for the sake of the listeners, explain to me real quick what a funnel is, why it works so well, and how okay. businesses can use it. So, so the way I explain this is four simple steps. So. You have what's called the top of the funnel and you have the bottom of the funnel. Mm -hmm. The very tippy top part of that funnel is not your website page or any of that stuff. It's actually your social media because mm -hmm. all you're doing is creating awareness. Yeah. When people are like liking all your posts and commenting, sliding in your DM, that's a part of your funnel. Yes, that sir. means that they are drinking the Kool-Aid that you've put out there. I, we put out some pretty good Kool-Aid, man. I like my Kool-Aid. You know? Yeah, I got some good Kool-Aid, man. You know, people <laughs> like it. And, you know, I don't know if you've experienced this, but if I see someone go and, and serial like, like all like three, four, five of my last posts, you just mm -hmm. binge watch my show. I know what level of the funnel that you're at when you yep. do that. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's the first part. Now you got to put out an offer as you're doing this right through your social media of building no like and trust. This is what I look at as you're running a commercial, just like a sitcom, right? You got yeah. 30 minutes of show or a 30 minute block, 23 minutes of show, seven minutes of commercials. That's it. Man. So one of those commercials is an offer. Mm -hmm. What's that free thing that you could offer that provides massive value up front that pulls in the right people and pushes away the wrong ones? Mm -hmm. And we give it away for free and we ask in exchange for their contact information. Correct. That yeah. is all this is. So we're only talking to people that fit the bill mm -hmm. and they have a problem that you know how to solve, which then gives us permission to the bottom of the funnel where we follow up and we move them to that first stage of the sales process. Maybe it's a call. Maybe it's a Zoom call. Maybe it's coming for a gym trial. Maybe it's coming for a fitness consultation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all different, all industries, but basically we're leading them to a conversation or we can talk about how we can help them moving forward through the services that we provide. And that's literally it. It's great, dude. That's, I mean, it's honestly, it's changed. It's changed my entire landscape, um, knowing and understanding permission-based selling and building the, uh, building the no like and trust factor amongst my target audience. It's just been, it's incredible. So you started out, um, doing that for gyms. And so now mm -hmm. you're, you're a coach for coaches. Um, tell me about that journey and how you figured out that that niche was there. What was it like walking into the first gym saying, "Hey, you know what, man? Uh, I'm Jonathan, and I'm going to get you some. I'm going to get you some more business." How did you overcome that uh, that little bit of fear? Yeah. So, so like a lot of different cultures, fitness is very tribal, and they do not trust people outside of their circle because a lot of people pick niches because they go, "That's where I can make money." Mm -hmm. um, I didn't pick fitness as my niche. Fitness picked me. I've been in this industry for 13 years. I know every role inside and out. And all I did was, was go out and help first. You know, what I figured out, and here's my secret, I'm gonna give it away, is if you actually <laughs> help people by helping them first, you make this weird thing called money as a byproduct. Dude, it, you're absolutely right. It was, uh, it was, I think Zig Ziglar that said, if you help people get what they want, they will in turn help you get what you want. You know, it's just, yeah, just, I just went and helped people first and there's so much value. They're like, dude, what does this cost? I'm like, that's a great question. 
Uh, and then uh, what that looks like. Like uh, 200 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, you start small and you serve on the level that you're at. So I mm-hmm. helped a lot of small businesses that from trainers I've worked with before to other gyms I was in contact with. And, you know, we built our company up to where we have a client base over six different countries now, Dude, which incredible. is insane. Yeah, yeah. I never thought we were going to have clients in, you know, Canada to the UK to Australia to Ireland to Honduras. Like it's insane, but you know, all we've done is just simply do the work and just focus on adding value first and really focus on the culture and the right people that show up. Like the cool thing about fitness is it doesn't matter what side of the planet you're on. It's a one universal language we all speak. That's yeah. That's that's not wrong at all. Um, so dude, I, I gotta ask, so what advice would you give to somebody that's listening to this that maybe owns a gym or maybe is just starting out at owning a gym? Where's the first place that you go that you see the most common mistake amongst these guys? Where, where do you get started? If, uh, if I own a gym and I say, Hey, Jonathan, come on in. What are we looking at first, man? I would get extremely clear on who you're looking for in terms of a client. And here's the thing. I know everyone can benefit, benefit from health and fitness. Absolutely. But what happens from a marketing standpoint, from a service standpoint to how you build your systems, your culture, is if you try to be everything to everyone, you mm-hmm. end up being everything to no one. Because you won't stand out, you won't stick, and you will never create ranting, raving fans. But if you get extremely clear on who your dream client is and you become everything to someone, Mm -hmm. that's how you create lifelong clients, which in the fitness industry, it's not about making one sale. It's about getting you in the door and keeping you for life through the experience and the results that you get them. So that'd be the number one thing I would say, focus on and get rid of the fear of, well, if I go too tight, I'll lose people. No, you won't. Because you're going to attract those people and you're going to get other people going, hey, I saw this. Would this work for me too? No, I, I completely understand, man. You know, the, the biggest, most significant change I saw in my real estate career was stopping trying to acquire all the people that wanted to buy or sell a house and just literally go after the people that I resonated with, that resonated with me. And now I don't even go after them. They come to me. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's perfect. So I completely get that. It, it, it surprises me, but it doesn't shock me that... The, the gym owners are making the same mistake that uh, the, the realtors are making. It's, yeah. I, I see it in all different businesses. And, you know, one of the things that really helped me in my business is coming up with core values. Yeah. And it serves as my compass as I feel like as an entrepreneur, you're basically a pirate just sailing around the seas, fighting the storm and the Kraken <laughs> and all the things being thrown at you. And if you don't have a compass, it's real easy to get turned around. But if you have those core values, those three or four pillar statements that summarize really who you are and what you're about, it will serve as your litmus test on every decision you ever make from how you market, what clients you bring on, what employees, what types of products and services, everything. Those core values running through a business are so freaking important. 
Um, we're actually, uh, the reason my screen behind me is blurred, we're actually in the middle of remodeling the office here uh, in, uh, in Bryan. And one of the things we're gonna do uh, when we paint the walls is stencil our core values in fucking huge letters right across the whole side of the office so everybody gets to see them coming in. And it's it's a funny thing, you know, you think it's uh, it's a little bit of bullshit, but man, it's not. It's really something yeah. that connects. It connects you with your employees. It connects you with your clients. Um, I, man, the core values thing, I can't, I can't recommend it enough. dude. Before we get too far away from that topic, why don't you share with me a couple of the core values of your company? Maybe, maybe I'll share one or two of mine with you. Yeah, so so number one's integrity. Yes. How you do one thing is how you do everything. If there's ever any type of, well, we don't do it mm-hmm. because I already know where, where that goes down that rabbit hole. So number one's integrity. Number two is going to be ownership. I expect extreme ownership to be exhibited from our clients that come on board. We talk about doing the work. Right. Yeah. There is no magic yeah. pills. I'm very clear about that. Same thing with our employees. I don't want people bringing me problems. I want people bringing me challenges with solutions in hand yes. because we're moving forward. I love it. Right. Number three, simplicity. If it's complicated, we don't do it because I know complicated solutions attract complicated problems. And I don't like problems. <laughs> I love that one. Yes. So I focus on simple yeah, I love Super it. Super simple, right? Yeah. Um, and then the last one's results. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous to do something just to do it. But everything we do, especially as an entrepreneur, you don't get paid for the attempt at the plate. You get paid for the home run you hit or the base hit that you yeah. hit. Yeah, yeah. So everything I'm focused on is, is it producing a result? If so, cool. How do we get better? If not, we need to look at, does that need to be in the process? And that's how we've stayed really lean and mean and, and really effective with everything that we do from a business as well as obviously what we teach our clients. There is yeah. no filler parts in the process of what we teach people. I love it. I love it, man. I'll give you a couple of mine. Um, I won't spend too long on it, but uh, the the most important one that we we live by it's it's like your integrity. It's 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 show up on time and do what you say you're gonna do. Yeah. Like if if you can do those two things in life and in business, you've pretty much beaten out ninety eight percent of the population. <laughs> Isn't that crazy, dude? If you're on time every time and you deliver what you say you're gonna deliver every time you say you're gonna deliver it, guess what? You'll do okay. You really and that that lesson was taught to me by a guy. I was in my early twenties, and he owned a he owned a painting company. He's like, you know what? He's like, you're not going to be a painter for very long. I said, well, why is that? And he's like, because because you show up on time and you do what you say you're going to do. <laughs> so you'll, yeah. you, you'll go a lot further than painting. And the other one that we really lean on, I think this one's number five or six. We've got seven total. Um, is uh, own own your shit, own it. Like be accountable, be accountable to your mistakes. Put your hand up, say, hey, I messed this up because we can take a mistake and turn it into a coachable moment. And if we can intercept the mistake before it gets to a client, great. And if we can't, then at least we can go and make it right with the client. We don't cover anything up, man. We own all our own shit. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a core value. Super, super important. Now, I'm going to get real with you now. Tell me about some of the mistakes you've made along the way. Oh, man, where do you want me to start? <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, failing forward or, uh, you know, messing up. Um, I'd, I'd like to know something that you did that you said, you know what, maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. And you learned either a financial mistake from it or a personal mistake. I, the, 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 the concept of the small business surgeon is we op- open up the box, we, we rummage around under the lid a little bit, and we, we look at business owners and see where they've made mistakes so that all of us don't have to repeat that mistake. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, the biggest mistake I made business-wise was my first stab at online coaching. And oh, that's, that's a good one. Let's let, yeah, let's go, yeah, let's go down this rabbit hole. So, so I had just gotten fed up at the first corporate company I was at, one of their top producers, getting fussed at because obviously I've, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. Like I'm not doing things they want me to do it. So I'm like, I'm out. I'm doing my own thing. So I took my whole life savings and I started uh, my first online fitness coaching company, Think Yourself to Health. Um, hired coaches, bought all the shiny objects, um, spent all my time building the programs and what people are <laughs> like, didn't do anything that actually moved the business that I know, obviously now, seven years later. So yeah, I'm laughing because we, we've all been there, man. We've all uh -huh. been there. And dude, yeah. I didn't know. And, and here's the thing, like when I failed after, and, I, and it was about two years of me just like constantly swimming to keep that thing going to eventually I threw in the towel and, and that's when I went back into running gyms and, and led to kind of where I'm at now but um it, I used to blame my mentors that I hired at the time because it was way easier to point the finger and and, and given yeah there's mistakes made and you know they only knew what they knew but looking back it was a hundred percent my fault because I wasn't clear on what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't take ownership over the result. I paid money going, save me, help me get out of this. It was more of a running from pain versus running towards pleasure. Mm -hmm. And and then also I didn't focus on the skills that actually matter when you're first starting, which is generating leads and making sales. <laughs> I was focused on like, dude, I literally spent three months filming workouts and like, yeah, this is going to be cool. And I'm going to sell this. I wasn't making any money those three months. Uh -huh. Yeah, and then I, all of a sudden, I wonder why I'm stressed out. Do we right? all Versus... do that? We've we've done it. We've all done it. I mean, I spent my first five months before I launched my real estate company making videos. I put like fifty-five videos together on a YouTube channel and didn't make a fucking penny off it. I got some great yeah. YouTube content, great YouTube content. Whereas you know, you miss the the fundamental lesson of picking up the phone and going, "Hey, man, I'm starting my own coaching business. You know, any fat guys are running." <laughs> yeah, it's it's. It's sell first, build second. Yes. Once you get the sale, you, you'll find the motivation and time to build the service. And that way you're actually getting cash in Absolutely. that justifies the time that you're spending. So once again, just one of those million dollar lessons I learned through spending my whole life savings and almost getting divorced. And that was fun. And having to <laughs> let go of my ego and my pride and look in the mirror and, and start owning my bullshit. There you are. Top tip. Sell it first and then create the product. Yeah. Sell first, build second. Yes, yeah, and you know the the whole business cards and the websites and all this shit. It's not really necessary. What's necessary is having a customer. You know. Yeah, that's number one priority when you're first starting. Figuring out who we're gonna sell to. So, <laughs> a a failure that we've all made and that all uh, all seems to have replicated. What's one thing that you do that works really well? Um, I notice as I'm looking around your social profiles, we've got Smart Shark or at the Smart Shark. So tell us a little bit about Smart Shark because you guys now, you and Mark, um, who I got to train with uh, a few weeks ago and I was sore for several days afterwards, but you and Mark have a, uh, have a partnership together where you help fitness pros to, uh, mm -hmm. to become successful. So tell us a little bit about Smart Shark and uh, the, the marketing that you do over there. Tell us about that so, program you've got. Yeah, great question. So Smart Shark is a talent, is a client acquisition company. So in, in, in simpler terms, we do everything start to finish that leads to getting a sale. 
Mm-hmm. So that's your marketing, your lead generation, your follow-up and your sales. We build funnels, we do websites, we do coaching, all that stuff. And it's all focused on getting you sales, whether you're just starting out or if you have an existing business and you want to scale to the next level. And okay. it's, a, it's more of a one-on-one type of service, custom work that we do. Um, Fit Pro Collective that I run with Mark is more of the group coaching program that we run for coaches where we literally give them step-by-step on what they need to do to build their online business, whether once again, they're just starting out or maybe they want to scale from five figures a month to 10 figures a month. Ah, so that's more for the fitness pros then. Yeah, that's more of the trainers. We get some small studio owners in there as well. Um, typically the bigger type of clients we do smart shark work with, which is more of the one-on-one, the consulting, I'm going in and looking through their systems, training their staff, all that fun stuff. So do you lift weights anymore then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how much, because Mark, Mark Salmanoff and Mike Claudio were having a deadlift competition this morning. I it, saw al- that. Albeit unofficial. So how much can you deadlift and can you beat both of those guys? Um, the answer is no and no. So, so I, it was funny. Mark Mark made a post today with his video, and I wrote, "Man, this is a great reminder for me to be nice to you because you could throw me over a mountain." <laughs> a, a small mountain, maybe. Small mountain. Hey, man, that's five hundred pounds. He's pulling up. That's, Last time I yeah. checked, that wasn't five hundred pounds. So I'm pretty sure he tossed it if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah man i hit the gym like four or five times a week i did 75 hard last year that was a really cool experience um definitely don't need to do it again but it was it was good to go through um and yeah man i just really focus on what works for me and you know chest on mondays of course tuesday international chest day it's international chest day you got to man you gotta get that pump on before you hit the streets man get you get your hustle on I'm trying so hard not to laugh, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Monday's International Chest Day, of course. Absolutely. Dude, I always, do, I always do legs on a Monday because legs are my least favorite thing. Yeah, like it's either you do the opposite because everything's taken. Yeah. So fortunately, the gym I go to is right up there. It's at Anytime Fitness, and um, there's not a whole lot of members there, at least when I go. So like, typically, I can find like what I need to find. They have free pizza up there, too, don't they? Anytime Fitness. That, that, that's Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get man. You would kick my reputation would go down the drain so fast. And I was at Plant Fitness eating pizza and like working out. No, anytime. <laughs> that's 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 kind of funny. You can't Sorry. lift the Plant Fitness job, <laughs> dude. I've you know honestly, I've never been to Planet Fitness. I've I've been a Gold's member for many many years. Some of those years I've showed up. Some of those years I've just paid the membership. Yeah, I worked for Gold's for a while, man. Nice, nice. So um, yeah, they 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 actually just sold a few or not not too long ago. It was about like seven months ago to a German company. Did not know that. Did not. Know yeah, that. dude, for a hundred million, which is penny. That's cheap, dude. I know. I now wish, in a German company. Yeah, now it's a German company that owns like some other type of fitness chain out, obviously in German Germany. Oh, yeah. But they took over, bought at corporate locations and downsizing, and I think they're focusing on like franchising and stuff now. Wow, that's that's really crazy. I did not know. Uh, but then again, I'm not really into the. Uh, magazines and keeping track of uh, of who's who yeah. owns what but to hear goals has been sold that's uh, that's a little, uh, little strange so as a coach yourself right number one do you have coaches that you lean on that you you use oh yeah and number two absolutely so so how I'm has that changed your life so that, yeah let's, that, let's talk about your coaching and, and and how coaching's affected you 
Yeah, so so I'm a firm believer of everyone should have a coach and in whatever level that you're at, like even professional athletes have coaches. Mm-hmm. Like if you really want to become the best that you can be, the fastest is, is get a coach. So I am a member of this program called Apex. Ryan Stuman is the founder, CEO, and leader of that organization. Um, I started off on their lower level as an entourage member, mm-hmm. and it's really more so like, hey, here's here's the stuff go do the fucking work. So yeah. I went and yeah. did the fucking work, um, had the best year of my life last year, ironically, despite, you know, everything going on. Um, and then that's where I reached a point where I'm like, you know, I really want more of that one-on-one interaction. So mm-hmm. that's where I, you know, I moved up to the executive program and I've got an awesome coach and Thomas Keenan, um, oh, great Thomas. leader, great yeah. human being. Um, just really good to have that outside perspective because, you know, in my experience, I found that we all get too close to the trees that we can't see the forest at times. So it's good to have that outside go, Hey, wait a minute. Let me, let me yank you back up for a second and go, did you see this, this, and this? And I'm like, how did I miss that? You know? So that's been my experience with it. And it's been an awesome experience so far. Dude, I had the, uh, the pleasure of meeting Thomas at an event in Florida, and he and I spent some uh, we spent some uh, some some adult time at the bar together. And uh, yeah. you know, I've I've been sober for quite a few years, so I got to drink uh, non-alcoholic beer and uh, get get to share war stories with him. And uh, yeah, amazing individual. I got to actually be on his podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago on one of one of those on his Step It Up podcast. And uh, hopefully he'll be uh, he'll be on mine in the not too distant future. But um, you awesome. are. Yeah, with with him as your coach, um, does he uh, does he kick your ass as much as uh, as much as he did mine, or what? How's that? <laughs> so, somewhat. So, it, the reason I picked Thomas is we're very similar and like step by step, very forward. Don't don't dance around the issue, which I really like that. So I know what will come if I don't do it. So. I'm very like, I don't want to have to have that conversation. So just knowing that that's in the back pocket, that he may pull out the paddleboard <laughs> if I'm not doing something. It, like you said earlier, integrity, do you do what you say you're going to do? Yeah. You know, just having that person there, like I'm pretty good about, like if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So yeah. he just lays out the plan. I go knock it out. Well, dude, I was on a call with Sturman last night and I'm in the the middle of Apex. I forget what it's called now, but the middle one. And um, this 80, 82 of us in the group and 11 showed up for the call. And you're right. You've got to do the work. You've got to own it. And you've got to do what you say you're going to do. And, you know, I, it's 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 shocking how many people pay for, for programs and don't actually perform. And with me now, through, through one way or another, getting into coaching, it wasn't, again, it wasn't intentional. It's just I enjoy giving and, and that seems to be a really great fit for me. Um, my biggest worry is people that aren't going to show up and do the work. How many clients do you see on the gym side that show up and don't do the work? Is that a common, a common you thing? You would be amazed at how many people get a gym membership and personal training that don't do anything with it. Yeah. So, you know, most people cancel their membership within two to eight weeks of joining a gym. And, and that's, you know? that's strange because you would think their, their whys haven't changed. They still want to lose weight. They still want to get in shape. Yeah, still- well, here's the truth, man. Like, and, and this is getting a little bit deep on you, but that's it's fine, just been dude. my experience. Um, people are either running from pain or they're running towards pleasure. What happens is when we're running from pain, we do just enough to not feel the pain. And for some people, that's just buying a membership. Oh, pain's away. I did something. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, 
versus if you're running towards pleasure, you're motivated. You're like, hey, I, I got to make this happen. So the what really great coaches know how to do is balance the two. Because get knowing someone's pain and knowing how to motivate them to take the first step is great. But if that's all you're leaning on, it's going to be like pulling the horse to water. Essentially, yeah, I love that. I love if it. you can get them focused on what's that pleasure and really find out what is that combination of words that I need to say to unlock that part of your brain that gets you to go, got it. Mm-hmm. That's how you hook people. And that's why like gyms push personal training so hard because they know what's going to happen. And yeah. so many people have let their egos get in the way and go, oh, I got this. I, I, I worked out 15 years ago. I know what I'm doing. I'm like, dude, that's 15 years ago, brother. <laughs> You know, you sure you don't want to at least get jump started a little bit and get some momentum and then make a decision. So, I mean, you know, sad part is a lot of people, they end up quitting, man. It's that 80, 20 rule, yeah. you know, 80% end up falling out. 20% actually push through. And those are people you see on all the ads. Look yeah. at this person. They yeah. Got. yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, no doubt, dude. It's um, that 80, 20 rule follows me everywhere, man. It, right from, from looking at a business, what's its most profitable sales things to, to who are the most uh, uh, profitable target audiences to, you know, how much waste are we doing here? It's, it's unbelievable how yeah. that 80, 20 just transcends pretty much everything um, in, in, in nature. So, um, man, there was another question on the tip of my tongue to do with training, and I've completely forgot it. So... <laughs> Feel free to throw something out, Jonathan. Tell me yeah, a little bit so, about your... So, uh... so I, I'll dive a little bit deeper into 8020 because there's something, um, you know, one of my other mentors shared with me. He's actually my brother, um, who was the example of, for me, what like entrepreneurism or entrepreneurship really was. Um, and when he talks about the 8020, so like there's the first level of anything, 8020, like we just talked about. But once you step into that 20, mm-hmm. there's an 8020 there too. Yes. Yeah, it's you know, all over again. It really does. Dude. Like think about like the people that level up, they get comfortable and they're like, yeah. "Hey, I'm, I'm making I'm making six figures a year. I'm cool." But they could be making 250. Mm-hmm. They could be making 500. Mm-hmm. It'd be good. They could be doing a million. So that 80/20 happens at each level. And it's it, important to know that if you're really focused on like I want to become the best I could be, well where are you in that 80/20 and what level are you at? No, did you? You're absolutely right, and it, it, it's strange as you as you pass that twenty percent, then it gets cut down again to another eighty twenty and another eighty twenty, and it it moves up. That's that's really, really, yeah, really smart because as you look at groups of people, uh, the top one percent of income earners, well, you can split them into eighty twenty, and twenty percent of them make you know in in the top point one percent. It just keeps going up. So mm-hmm. that's uh, really smart advice, man. Yeah, so for me, I want to hang out twenty percent people. That's what yeah. I look for. Yeah. So who's the uh, who's the twenty percent guy? Is that you or Mark? Well, me and Mark are in the same <laughs> bracket. So I'm, I'm not I'm not going to measure dicks on a podcast without him being on here to defend himself. Oh, he, so. he, he was on he was on the other week. He said he, his dick was bigger than yours. Oh God. <laughs> God bless it, Samuel. You're gonna do, no, I see what you're I'm, doing. I'm joking. I love you both. <laughs> yeah. No, no, he's good, man. But like we push each other. That's How did you find him? We push each him? other. Like you find him through Apex, or was this a pre-existing? Yeah, I found him in Apex. Yeah, I, Another I, reason why like paid masterminds are like the way to go. Like we met, we built a friendship. I took him to brisket, pitched him on building a business, and here we are seven months later. It's, it's insane. It's great. I love how the networking and everything else um, works. So, um, 
Jonathan, man, before we wrap up today, you got anything, uh, any more advice that you would give uh, from where you're sitting now to the guy that you were seven, eight years ago coming out of corporate America and spending all his life savings? What's a bit of advice you'd give to an entrepreneur starting now? Three words. Fuck your excuses. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Dude, I so, love it. That's that's so, going to be my next tattoo, bud. Um, yeah. I'm right here. Right, right here. That's where it's going. I'm serious. So, so I came from a place where uh, I'm a pretty good sales guy. You know, I, I've made a few bucks over the years. Mm-hmm. Imagine having that sales guy selling himself in his head the whole time on excuses. That's why I want it right here. So every time I look down, I can see it. I can see yeah, it. Every time I, I don't feel years. like every time I don't feel like doing shit, I can see it right there. Um, you know, I don't swear a whole lot on Facebook posts, and I made a post about fuck your excuses, and uh, it blew up. Everybody agreed, and uh, that because is one everyone, of the everyone has an excuse that they can say fuck to because yes. it's true. Yeah, no, and and here's true. the thing I've learned that that every time I've done the thing that I didn't want to do was the fucking breakthrough on the other side. Yes. So now I am obsessed with doing the things I don't want to do because I know it's on the other side. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, one of the cool things I love about podcasting is that I get all these fucking cool business owners. I get all these entrepreneurs. I get all these guys that know so much shit. And I get to hang out with them for an hour. Uh, and I get to learn from them and it's just like today um, you know I'm taking lessons from you I'm taking lessons from the other podcast but man it's just been such a, a pleasure sitting here interviewing you and, uh, and sharing your story with uh, with you and uh, with my listeners and but really man I benefit the most from this I love getting around uh, guys like you so Jonathan Jonathan Lodemilk, so I say it right. <laughs> um, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for sharing some stuff with my listeners. Tell us real quick um, where we can find you online and where we can interact with you and get them uh, get them workouts and all that other good stuff that you got going. Yeah, on. no, it's been a blast being on here. Uh, thank you so much. And um, the the easiest way to find me is uh, I have a podcast with my business partner Mark Zamanoff. It's called Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. Yes, sir. Um, real easy to find, and we also have a Facebook group. It's titled the same thing for your convenience. Um, so that <laughs> so you can find our Facebook group as well. And then if you can spell my name, good luck with that. You can find me personally on Facebook. I'm there all day every Dude, day. We're gonna put links in the show notes. <laughs> So, guys, thank God. Yeah, so I'll, I'll get those links up in the show notes, and uh, you'll reach out to Jonathan, especially the guys. And I know there's a few of you that listen because you've come to me for for some advice before. But especially the guys in the fitness industry, if you've got a gym or something that you're looking to scale and looking to try to build, reach out to these guys. At least listen to their podcast and get some of their ideas, and uh, maybe even uh, maybe even take some coaching on board. So, uh, Jonathan, thank you, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, guys, listening, we will see you uh, this. Friday. Friday with another episode of uh, Friday Fire. Don't forget to uh, jump over onto iTunes, hit the subscribe button, and uh, if you've liked the show, do us a favor and uh, leave a review. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next episode of Small Business Surgeon. You'll stay safe. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you made it this far, you clearly liked it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share it with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com. Ooh, yeah.